0: You can just stand for a minute, take your feet, rest your feet. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, God bless you, thank you for others joining us on Facebook Live, uh, good to have you with us today uh, as we share some good news, we've already traveled around the world <laughs> uh, sharing things, so that's great, but I want to go, go today, uh, uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, it's a little bit of a hum up here, so we have to tone it down, it's a little bit of a hum, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, it says this, Paul said this in the gospel, 2 Timothy 3. Uh, uh, I'm going to wait for that to come up. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 14. So, Paul's just talking about the fact that he endured uh, attacks uh, every place he went. So, he says, you've known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, all those things and then he says, verse 11, persecutions and afflictions. He says, uh, which came to me at Antioch, Laconium, Elystera, which persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Amen. Now, he faced a lot of things, all right? I remember, one point, he was dead, and then they came, gathered around him, he raised from the dead, you know, so pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and then it says, yeah, yes, it says, yes, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, that's a promise we don't claim, all right? I love claiming the promises in the Bible. I don't speak this one as often, but it is true. All who live godly. America is in a bubble. We're really in a bubble in so many ways where the rest of the world is not. They face, some of you joining us, you know what it's like to face adversity and to face attacks and so forth like that. Uh, uh, we're, We're coming to that place, but we're not there yet. But all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Notice, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, continuing the things which you've learned. So, so you know, it's not like the world's getting better. The world, the world is, is actually unraveling. But if you know the Bible, you understand that's the way things are, Right? So it's not like it's not like we're going to make it a perfect world. No, that's not how it is. It's getting worse and worse. It wasn't that day, but it, so it is in this day. Alright? So notice though that persecutions do come. They come to people. Jesus said in John 16, John 16, or John 15, verse 20. So you should write down references here, all right? John 15 and verse 20. Jesus said, remember what I've said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you, right? So, so again, he's, just, he's relaying that to the disciples, but this is a living word that's for us today. So even you can have Moses people there that will just, they just accept the fact of what God has called them to do. They're going to do it. Same with Sam. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus, all right? So if they persecute Jesus and they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. Mark 4 talks about the parable of the sower and the seed is sown. And one of the places where the seed is sown and so forth. It says, it has no root, stony ground. They endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, they stumble or fall away. Notice trouble or persecution. That's why, that's why now, this isn't a time, you know, a lot of people in America, they're playing games, you know. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay, well, let's go to church. And then where do you want to eat afterwards? You know, and it's just like a game. They'll maybe show up once a week Actually, by statistics, but people call, the fact that they're a regular attender or faithful attender is uh, one in three Sundays. That, that in America is, is consistent. So, one, one in three weeks they're going to get to a service. That's pretty sad, isn't it? So, so, you know, here, what happens, see, is the word doesn't get deep enough inside, so when trouble comes, uh, there's no root. And so then people fall away. Or people say, well, boy, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to go to church. Or I'm not going to associate with those people. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to praise. Follow what I'm saying? This is a time to get the Word of God in your heart. Get it down as deep as possible in your heart so that whatever happens, you're just standing, right? You have an anchor. The wind blows, but you've got an anchor you're holding on to that doesn't matter what anybody says. Some of you from Africa here understand these things. And of course... Other countries, Nigeria, we're praying for you in Nigeria. We know you have an election. We know it's a very difficult time, but we're praying that this election turns out well, that you have a better leader who makes better decisions. So that is a prayer of ours. Even as they count these votes right now in Nigeria, we are standing, Jeannie and I are standing with you for good results from that and for blessings and protection on your ministries. Hallelujah. So then we go from there to Mark 8, the next same book and so forth. But Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me and my words. Don't be ashamed of what the Bible says. And we live in this politically correct society or woke society that wants to back people into corners. But the issue is that you don't get out and argue with people. If you know the word of God, you just simply stand in the word. Amen? You just simply stand in the Word. What does the Bible say? Like when I was invited to a Lutheran church in town, and they wanted to know about gay marriage and all the things like that. And I'm talking to 30 people in the adult Sunday school. And of course, that's the question that comes up to me. Are we going to marry gay people? And I said, well, that's an interesting question. Then I went to the book of Matthew, and I said, well, let's look at this. He made a male and female. A man leaves his father and mother is joined to his wife. I said, now let me read it again. He made a male and female. A man leaves his father and mother is joined to his wife. And I said, well, I guess that's where I stand. Well, what are you going to do? I'm not giving them my opinion. I'm giving them scripture to say, what does the Bible say? Isn't that right? One of the people said, well, I figured he'd say something like that. Hey, I'm glad he did. Stand on the word of God. otherwise, it's your opinion. Well, this is what I think. Folks, you get out in that area and you're in troubled water. That's the problem with so many people, they want to say what they think and so forth, and they just get riddled. Just say what the Bible says. Turn to your neighbor and say, say what the Bible says. Now that implies you got to know what the Bible says. Alright, you got to know what the Bible says. So then you're standing, where am I standing? Well, I guess I'm standing behind Jesus and His Word they want to debate that, that's up to them. But I'm believing the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the truth of, of God's Word and what it says. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We have young people here. I believe revival is going to hit all of us. But I'm praying especially for the young people. Hallelujah. For young people to get on fire for Jesus. Not to get caught away with the goofiness of the world, but to love Jesus Christ. Like Sam, who's just 16, going on 17. Prayed in front of his community, prayed in front of the elders, and just decided, no, I'm going to stand for Jesus. Let for a young person be an example. Say an example. Now, we just know, we don't know the age category, but just young. Example to, of believers in the word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, and purity. So we want young people to show Christian character. We want them to, ex, to be an example of Christ. We don't want people to be harsh or mean or angry or anything like that. We want them just to be an example of Jesus Christ, to show what Jesus is like. Amen? Genesis 17. Joseph was how old? 17 years old. Joseph is 17 years old, just like Sam say. And yet he had enough character that when his brothers sold him, wanted to kill him, he heard all this conversation about killing him, threw him in a pit, bring him out, sell him to the uh, uh, Midianites. He's 17 years old, but he has the character not to walk in bitterness, not to be angry, not to be hateful. He goes into Potiphar's house. God blesses him and he prospers in Potiphar's house as a young person, assumes up in leadership to all overseeing his whole business. Everything was in his hand or control except Potiphar's wife. And she, of course, falsely accuses him. And then later he's thrown into prison, Right. He gets into prison, has his heart clean. He's a young person, now aging a little bit, but he still has this this relationship and he prospers in prison. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can prosper anywhere. He's a young person, now getting a little older, but he's in prison. And now he assumes the ranks because of the favor of God and he's a leader in the prison. And the jailer gives him all this responsibility. In the meantime, Pharaoh has his dreams. You've got the seven big ears of corn, eat the, eat the others. You've got the seven fat cattle and so forth. No one can interpret the dream. When Joseph was in prison, remember, the butler and the baker have dreams. Right? And they're, they're, they're sad. Joseph is saying, hey, why are you guys sad today? Well, we had dreams. I can't, we don't know what they mean. And the butler tells the dream. And Joseph said, well, this is the answer. Your, your butlership is going to be restored to you. You're going to go back into the palace and serve Pharaoh again. And the baker thinks, well, that's a good answer. So he, baker tells him his story. And he says, well, yours isn't so good. Your life is ending this week. The butler's release. All Joseph said is, hey, remember me. Remember me, right? So when Pharaoh has his dreams two years later, say two years. And no one can interpret it. Pharaoh's dreams. And then the butler says, Oh, wait a minute. There was a guy in prison. Wouldn't you think you'd remember this? Wouldn't you think you would have remembered it like all the time? That this supernatural dream was interpreted by a young Jewish boy named Joseph. And then he comes to himself. Oh, right. That's right. There was a guy in jail who interprets dreams. And of course, they call for Joseph. So Joseph... Gets himself ready, he shaves, he put on puts on clothes. He's not planning to go back to jail. He goes from the pal- from the prison to the palace in one day, interprets the dreams, and Pharaoh says, Who do we have with so much wisdom? Place him second in large second command in the entire nation. It was like it was a world kingdom at that time. But he had character. Young people can have character. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say you can have character. <laughs> It doesn't matter any age, but I believe I'm believing for young people can have the character of Jesus Christ because now he's in he's in control. You can imagine when he's installed, you can imagine how Potiphar's wife looked. Honey, I kind of falsely accused that guy getting behind Potiphar. You know, he was put in prison on false accusations. He could have had her head. Uh, My first order of business is you die tonight. He could have done that. My second order of business, Butler, you're out of here. He could have had revenge. He could have been bitter. He could have been angry. We see Christians today, they're so angry about so many things that don't matter. When when I'm with our friend in India and so forth, and he said, you know, I want to be a blessing to my mom. The mom who beat him. The mom who allowed all the village people, they disowned him. The village people disowned him. They mocked him. They kicked him out. I want to be a blessing to my mom. He has no bitterness. He has no resentment. I, he bought her sorry that one time we were there. He says, I want to be a blessing to my family. His cousins who broke his arm because he didn't believe, they didn't believe their way, so they broke his arm to get him to change his beliefs. Or the ones who chased him with machetes, chased him down with machetes because they were going to kill him. Because they were doing the right thing defending their gods. But he has nothing in his heart against them. Joseph had nothing in his heart. You see, this is character. This is where you get your roots down in the soil, like, "Mm." there it is. Where is it? In the heart of Jesus. Jesus is not revengeful. Jesus is gracious. He's full of grace. You find so many people there, they've got revenge when I get in power, we'll do this. Folks, none of that is God. You can see Christians say that. None of that's God. I see Christians act like the world, they act like fools. By the things they say, and I think, that's not our Christianity. I'm always real clear with people. That's not our Christianity. That's not what we believe. That's not how we act. Jesus doesn't act this way. He acts with compassion and love. People say, well, I was wrong. Doesn't matter if you were wrong. What matters is grace and forgiveness. Say grace and forgiveness. Grace, Folks, in revival, there's going to be a lot of Grace. There's going to be a lot of forgiveness. There's going to be a lot of families restored. Amen. Even even in the Jesus Revolution, a lot of families were restored because kids went back to their mom and dads, said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, shouldn't have done that." Or moms and dads go to their kids, oh, "I'm sorry. Shouldn't have treated you that way." A lot of things happen. The Book of Daniel. Daniel was a who? Daniel was a youngster. And Daniel was somebody, as a teenager, he was captured out of his home country. We don't know. His parents were probably killed and so forth. And so they're brought into Babylon and so forth, into Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel, as a young person, probably a teenager, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Wouldn't defile himself with anything that was of the world of that day. And so he just took a stand. He says, No, I'm not I'm not going to eat this or do that, I'm not going to worship this way. And yet he learned in all the things of the Babylonians. They they in science and all those stuff. And yet he maintained his integrity. I love it. Maintained his integrity. And so you know the story in his life. They followed God, they and the other he was an example of the other Hebrew children who were probably teenagers as well and so forth, and all of them had standards and they refused to compromise. Compromise. We're not compromising on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Write down your notes. Good habits will get you through tough times. Amen. Daniel had good habits. He lived through four kings. A long time. Served four kings. As a believer now in God. And even when they passed the law that says you can worship. You know, they try to trick you. Trick uh, the, the king to pass a law that you could serve or worship no other god but their god. Daniel's his habit would open the window, kneel down and pray. wasn't going to be ashamed of his belief. He wasn't going to be ashamed of what he was standing for. And of course, you know the story that he he uh, uh, was delivered. Daniel, that's Daniel 6:10, I think. So Daniel 6:10 says that he, knowing the writing was signed, the law was passed. Goes up, his windows are open. He kneels down on his knees three times in a day, prays, gives thanks. As his custom, since early days, notice this, since early days, since he was a youngster, he had a custom. The roots, the, the things of God grew deep in him. Now, Acts eight says the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you've got to have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of might. And we can do some stuff. We try to do things in the natural, but let's do it in the Supernatural. So the Spirit falls on us, comes on us. We, we embrace the Holy Spirit. You know, this isn't like, oh, we have some churches like this and some like that. Incidentally, in Bible, there's none of those things like that. <laughs> they were just Holy Spirit. So you want to embrace the Holy Spirit who is with us today. Amen. You want to embrace what God is doing today in the supernatural. And the key, the key that he wants for us is that we shall be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Say witness for Jesus. This isn't witness for somebody else, something else, some other organization, some other person. No, it's a witness for Jesus Christ. All right, real clear. We're not even saying we're a witness for God. There are many gods, so I don't do that. We're a witness for Jesus Christ. Where you live, you know, for your town, your state, your country, to the end of the earth. That's what it's talking about there. We're a witness for Jesus to the end of the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can go to the end of the earth. (laughs) I like SDSU thing from a few years ago. Tell them, you can go anywhere from here. That is true. You can go from anywhere from here, right? Oh, little old in South Dakota. You can go from anywhere. Amen. So John 15, I'm moving along here, but I want to just get this in here. The little time that we got. I learned we can say a lot in a short amount of time, but that's why you take notes. Amen. So John 15, you've been anointed, you've been appointed. Turn to your neighbor say, anointed and appointed. So Jesus chose us in Christ, or God chose us in Christ, all right? Appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. You should go. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you should go. You should go. Those are good words. You should go. You should do something. We're talking about being a witness anointed and appointed as a witness for Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five says we're born again. When we're born again, we become a new creation. Amen. Things begin to change, right? Old things pass away. All things become new. But now he's reconciled to himself. Now look at this. He's given us the ministry. Say ministry. Ministry Ministry of reconciliation. So he's a ministry to try to get people to come to Jesus. You've been given a ministry. Sometimes people are waiting, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. And it's like, if you read your Bible, I'll show you what he wants you to do, right? This isn't like, oh, somebody's called to do this, and he's called to do that. This is, these are scriptures for everybody. Say, everybody. You've been given a ministry. Then he's reconciling the world, and he's given. He's committed us a word. We have a word. What do I say? You have a word of Reconciliation. A word to tell people about Jesus. A word to say how much God loves them. A word to introduce them to His goodness and grace. Amen. So many times, you know, if we're going to reach the world, you're not called to go out and clean up people. You're not called to clean up their behavior and get their acts straight and so forth. No, you're just called to introduce them to Jesus. Let Jesus take care of the rest. Amen? Let Jesus take care of all the other stuff that might need to be addressed. But you're not called to be their judge or their critic or, you know, trying to whip them in shape. No, no, no. Just let Jesus do that. Introduce them to Jesus. Expose them to Jesus. Encourage them in the Bible. Well, I guarantee you, something good will happen. Something good will happen. So we have a ministry. We have a word of reconciliation. Amen. And then it says, we are ambassadors. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are an ambassador. Now, an ambassador is someone who represents the king or the president. In the natural, in the spiritual, the ambassador represents the king of kings. An ambassador is going to speak then, and spiritually, what word are you going to speak? You're going to speak the word of the king. It's not your word, you represent the king. And so you're going to tell them about the king or what the king wants them to hear. So you're not a lone ranger and say, well, I'll just do this. No, no, no. You won't do your thing. You're going to do his thing. Say his thing. You're his ambassadors. And therefore, you're going to do his thing. Which is wonderful. Amen. It'll touch people's lives. It will minister to people wherever they're at. This is worldwide. Worldwide. I tell you what. some, Some people, just the name of Jesus. Just giving them a word of encouragement. Tears come to their eyes. They're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. People are beat up in the world. People are, are struggling in the world. You know, people need hope. So last week, a big guy on Wall Street, it's over $2 billion worth, $2 billion. Boom, killed himself. Why? No hope. People think, like, oh, I got money. Money will not give you hope. Money will not give you peace. Money will not make you happy. He ended his life. They come in his office. Oh, my. Yeah, well, he's gone. Too late. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives you a reason for living. Jesus gives you purpose in your life. Jesus gives you a ministry. Jesus gives you a word. Jesus gives you a title. You're His ambassador. Folks, this is where it's really at. Now, I understand we have jobs. People do things. I understand you got to use money in life. But the goal is our service to the King. That's why when we go places, a lot of people, they look at our age and so forth, and they just shake their head, they kiss our feet. They're so thankful, they're so appreciative, they want to talk to us, they ask questions over the internet, all kinds of stuff. Because they appreciate, they said, you're so old and you have so much fire. Hallelujah. I am old. (laughs) I'm not going to deny, no, I'm a young person. No, no, let's just be real here. We're old. Older than most, right? But you can still have fire. And you can still have passion. And you don't have to get gold, old and feel like, well, this is kind of the word. No, there's of fire in there. There's a young person sitting in the meeting yesterday. Sioux Falls High School kid, 16 years old. I thought, I thought, thank God, there he is. And he had some fire in him. And he was excited to see us with fire. And I was like, wow, you're old. And I said, you got a lot of life in front of you. He's going to use you for his glory. So you want to have that passion. Now, the question is this. If you have knowing all these things, who will go? Who will go? Who will say, Lord, okay, I'm going. Where are you going? Well, you're going to your world, to your world, to talk to people about Jesus, to reach people about Jesus, to say, you know, I'm not going to be ashamed. Not talking about preaching a message. We're just talking about your Savior. Amen. Who will commit themselves to the call of service? Who will be a world changer? People look at all the time, they look at big things that happen and so forth. And they want to be world, you know, I want to be a world changer. Look at the stuff happening. World changing happens in your own house. World changing happens on your job. World changing happens where you go. You're changing people's life. You're changing people's worlds because of your heart for Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a world changer. A world changer. See, you don't, want to, you don't want to just think, oh, well, it's life. No, I just shared something. If you shared something about Jesus, it is a seed. It is an incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed. I'll guarantee you, when I talk to, and this is just common for us, but a cash register to just say something, the clerk would say, Jesus loves you. They're, they're always, always, well, well thank, yeah, they're shocked. Sometimes they have tears. Sometimes, they have, oh, thank you, you know. Or people say, I was just having a bad, the other day, Jeannie brought something. I was having a terrible day. You just changed their world. Amen. The seed planted. And then God can water the seed that it grows and grows. That Maybe that really gets changed. They get born again. That's what it's all about. Follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm thinking, even as I'm talking here, there might be somebody or some that want to just stand here and say, I'm going to be a world changer. If you feel prompted like that, then just do it. Amen? Just, just do it. Just come on up and stand here. Mark 16, verse 15 says you should go. Jesus said this. Go into all the world. The world begins where we're at right now, right? All means everywhere. And declare the gospel. Preach the gospel to every person. Say go. The invitation is there. The opportunity is there talked about doors. People say, wow, well, there's, there's adversaries. Could be persecution. Don't look at that. Look at the door. Look at what could happen. Amen? If you feel led, just come on up here. Matthew 28. If you feel led, just come on up. We didn't go to 13 nations. We didn't plan to go to 13 nations. We went to 13 nations just because we walked through a door. And one door led to the next door, and the next door, and the next door. In fact, for us, for Jeannie and I, we're thinking, well, 70 years old, it's not easy to travel and do all these things, and long, long days and so forth like that. And now we're getting all this response like, when you come back again, and when you do this, and I'm thinking, oh Lord, just direct us. I don't want to feel old, I want to act young, right? right? You want to do what He's asked you to do. One more scripture, Matthew 28. Jesus said, go and teach all nations. Disciples, that's what Sam's doing. He's discipling, training and so forth. And then they just release them. They release people out of there. You know what one of Sam's, in the church world, one of his biggest critics was a Pentecostal pastor. You can't do this. You, these people can't be doing this. And they wanted to corral him. Actually locked him up for two days. Then they let him out. And a year later, this bishop, this big guy come and he says, I'm sorry, boy, I was wrong. What you're doing is going to help change our nation. Mm-hmm. Folks, what we're doing right here, little place, is going to help change our nation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everything's going to change, but I'm going to say we're going to see revival. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is, help, is going to help bring revival to others. Can you say amen? amen. amen. Jesus said, go. Say go. That's not sit. That's that's not stand. That's action. You're going. Make disciples everywhere. Everywhere you go. That means everywhere. That means when you leave here, if you're at your house, pray over your dinner, bless your family and so forth. If you go out to a restaurant, bless the people who you see. You go go to your job, bless people on your job. Somebody that's obnoxious, you don't like, bless them. Do something nice for them. Be this ambassador. You're carrying this ministry, this word that's going to bless other people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so stay up here a second. Let's lift our hands a minute. Father, I thank you that you've called us. What a holy calling. Wow. You've called us. You've anointed us. You've provided for us. You have uh, commissioned us for greatness. And I thank you, Father, for people standing here, but everybody here listening to me around the world, Lord. And other countries even. Lord, I thank you for how you're raising up people in this hour, Lord. For your glory, for your honor. To be your spokesperson. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Should I hand some of these out? Right? So I want you to take one. Okay, you take a scarf for a couple. Okay. Take take a scarf here for her. Yeah. I'm just going to anoint you with that to carry. And sometimes the wreath. Sometimes it's very, very heavy, heavy, and it's all flowers. So it soaks my shirt. But it's wonderful to know how the Lord wants to work. Amen. Years, uh, years ago, this is like a commissioning service, that as these are put, draped on you, you carry the glory, you carry the anointing, and that you're responding To Jesus' last words are our first command. Amen. The words that he said, go. So thank you for responding to Jesus and uh, representing him. He's a wonderful Lord and wonderful Savior. He is. I believe, even as you stood here, you're going to sense a greater anointing. You're going to sense a greater power. Words are going to come to you. You're going to have a boldness. Not to push people, but to just love them. You're going to have a boldness to say how much Jesus loves them, how much Jesus cares for them. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to experience it. It's going to happen in your life, and you're going to feel blessed like, wow, that's the anointing of God. Now, folks, that's what he has for all of us. Amen? He has that for all of us. Let's lift our hands again here. Father, thank you. Thank you for the calling. We accept the call. We embrace the call. We thank you. We are your servants. We expect no more than how you were treated, Lord. <laughs> we thank you. We are your servants. And Lord, in these days, these last days, in our land, we thank you for enabling us to help others. That our roots ourselves would be deep. And we would help others to grow in you, to come to know you, to say life prayers To experience your grace. And Lord, to walk in your glory. So Father, thank you now for this. Thank you for these standing here. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for those listening on Facebook Live. Thank you, Lord, for this good news going around the world to many, many nations. Lord, we praise you for this day. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Now, stand up with me a second. Thanks for hanging with us here. Again, just lift a hand. I pray the Lord would bless you and keep you. The Lord would make His face shine upon you, be gracious upon you. The Lord would give you His supernatural peace. Supernatural peace. That His face would just illuminate your life. His word would be ever-present. His spirit would empower you. And I thank you for doing this now, Lord, on each person here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Firestarters questions. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holy at Brookings.net